So I'm super excited to let all of our listeners know that we have our first sponsor. And this is a big deal for me. It's a big deal in many ways. But the most important thing is that I wouldn't choose a sponsor that I didn't believe in. And our sponsor is Denny Tato. She is the president of Corporate Consciousness, and she uses a tool called the Enneagram. And if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's an amazing assessment, and it really helps in building emotional intelligence. I've used it. My husband has used it. I've recommended it to teams and to clients. But it's not just the tool. It's really more than that. It's Denny. Denny has this innate ability to coach teams and individuals. I know this because I coach others too. So take it from me. She's pretty amazing. So if you want to develop your greatest asset, your employees, you're ready to take it to the next level, check out corpconsciousness.com. We like a sandwich of feedback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yes. don't make it too negative. Yeah. Give me something good. Maybe squeeze in where I'm not doing so well or where the failure is. Yeah. And then you better close on a positive. Failing. 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 I know. We talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Oh, some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life, a blessing. Your dream. and then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. I am so pleased to have Stacy Browning here today. And she is the president, well, you were the president of a fast growth tech company. I love that you told me it went from 11 employees to 2,000. That's insane. And you retired. Are we using the word retire for you? I what do you use? Talk about failing. I failed retirement. So I can tell you about that. <laughs> okay, good. Because you're really young to retire, which I Thank might want to like talk about that word a little bit too and what that meant for you. Uh, but you retired last year? I left Paycor, my company, uh, as of October of 2019. October. So not too long ago. Okay. All right. So... Can we just back up? Give me a little uh, family history. Where did you grow up? Um, siblings, et cetera. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Uh, went to a very large high school, which okay. was very formative. I, I gradu- When I tell people I graduated with 998 people, they're pretty much in shock. Yeah. I went to Miami University and then just stuck in Cincinnati thereafter. Uh, I have one brother. He's still in Cleveland. And real hard worker, great. Um, and then I married someone here. And then, of course, you get roots. And I have two sons. Oh, Okay, are you older or younger First than your brother? First born. Oh, yeah, I love that. Okay, your parents, tell me about them. Uh, Is it traditional family? Oh, yeah. My parents are were the ultimate love story. They um, were married uh, for a long time, lost my mom. Um, uh, over five years ago, um, they had relocated down here um, to be closer to you when my second son was born, which is really, um, you know, a significant part of my story as um, I have two boys. One is in ninth grade and one is technically in seventh grade, but he has severe uh, genetic, um, severe genetic mutation. And so Mm -hmm. his health challenges have really been um, impactful. And so my parents came down before knowing that story, but what um, a blessing blessing it was that they, they, they both were there during the early years. That's awesome. And I'm sorry about your mom. I've, I've lost mine. Both mine, actually. It's no fun. Is your dad still here? 
He is. And sometimes I say I have three boys, <laughs> not two. <laughs> but um, he is a giver and is just so easy to be around. And uh, I'm glad to have him nearby. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So uh, you mentioned before we started that you're a three in the Enneagram. I did. Yes. Okay, so some of our listeners have heard Denny Tato in a previous episode talk I've gone about through her training. It's amazing, isn't it? So yes. have I. So have I. I don't know the Enneagram we didn't go through it. structure we didn't go as well it as she does by any no, stretch. No. Okay, but what's a three? So I mentioned that to you as a tee up to say threes, what I know about myself and about threes is that we don't love this environment. This environment of being vulnerable and transparent, we like to be known as successes. We like to be known as performers, achievers. And um, like a word that always is something when I describe myself is is that, you know, I'm really good at the veneer. And that doesn't mean that I'm not a deep person. uh, But, you know, People think I'm super organized. Think people think I have all these good stuff, yeah. good things, and I'm like, you're don't, a natural leader. You don't get look in my done. closet, my trunk, or my purse because it's not so tidy. <laughs> but we're gonna, we threes are gonna project that everything is just the way it is supposed to be. So uh, I think it's interesting that so. You're also on another podcast, which I want to do a promo for, which is Leading She. And you got asked to be on two podcasts in a couple days of each other, right? Is this some sort of cathartic exercise I'm going through? (laughs) Or it's the universe saying saying to you, hey, you said you wanted to work on this this year. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, there's something going on. And I do think it has to do with um, the next level of transparency, not to be an oversharer, but to really show up as a whole person and not hide parts um, of my life unnecessarily or uh, actually to an uncomfortable place. Do you think you could have done this if you were still working at PayCor and still leading all those people? Uh it's hard for me to say that. I love leading people. Yeah. I loved um, the culture at PayCor, the people I worked with, um, very much why I was there so long, 27 years, mm-hmm. uh, is that it's almost, I say it's almost like working for five companies. There were so many inflection points and I got to do so many different things. It did feel new to me. Yeah. And it, I would say I would never characterize my experience anything but a success not just the veneer, really. Right, right. <laughs> so I loved it. But yes, um, when you say universe, whether it's that or just the way things were gonna, are supposed to be, um, I do feel that this is a phase of growth for me, yeah. personally. Um, and I am surprised when you're able to quiet, you know, what happens. So I am not experienced at changing companies, and I had a lot of, I've learned, I've had a lot of false beliefs about what that was supposed to be like. Say more about that. Well, so that this these learnings would not, to answer your question, have happened but for not being at my company. Um, so when you're at a company for so long, I don't know if it's pride or just the mental model I had. Yeah. I kind of thought like when that chapter closed, when I no longer was getting a, a check from a company that provides paychecks, yeah. that that experience was over. And what I realized is, well, now even more people want are interested because I have 
experience. I can reflect. And I didn't realize that that experience goes with me. You know, I just, I kind of thought I would just leave it behind and it was no longer who I am. Yeah. Well, that wasn't true. No. (laughs) I also learned, you know, a lot of times when you leave a, a big job, people say to you, oh, take six months, take a year. Right. You know, don't rush into anything. And I guess I I did, um, I always thought about that, but my motor never stopped running. So that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what was the decision point that you said, okay, it's time for me to do something new and to retire? Because I, the, I, I we just met, but I see some things in you that are very similar to me, like that driver, that achiever. And it's so much of work is a part of me. So how did you get to that place? Because I I eventually want to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't want work to only be who I am. Yeah. Well, there's two parallel tracks. One is just the idea that starting when I started, had great leadership, ownership, and I, I have been afforded um, to take part as an owner in the company. So, you know, you think as an owner and um, you realize, okay, the company, we've operated entrepreneurial for longer than typical companies once they reach the revenue mark we were at yeah. and the size of employees. So, you know, it became um, a realization like it's time for the next scale mm. where I've worked for a lot of um, a lot of a lot of different points at the company. Maybe it's time for someone else to come in, build the next the leadership team for the next 250 yes. million. And so that was an ownership mindset. And um, that was easy. That is, um, to me, it sounds really ego-free. Uh, Rich Bainey came and spoke on another episode. And um, when he was given, when he was promoted to the CEO of Scripps, he said, he was like, I was young. And they sort of gave us the keys. And I realized when I hit that age of when his predecessors had retired, he needed to pass along the keys to the next. And I just... I just loved that because it was so selfless. Well, you care the, parallel, about others. the parallel track is not so selfless. It does go with that ego and that pride. And um, that part was actually more of a the buildup on that side and that identity and my identity being wrapped up in it. Yeah. And like I said, who am I but for this role? Yeah. Um, that part was more of a struggle. And... Um, a couple things happened. I've, I felt pricked on pride and ego um, in a, a few areas, uh, but also I heard another podcast where um, a designer, Rebecca Minkoff, was talking a, about her definition of success. Yeah, and she said that success to her is being able, being free to set her own agenda. Mm. And I, I, you know, I don't, I, I want to say yes. Of course, I had leadership freedom, but you know, there were certain plays at a company that size that were being run, and I was a part of it and leading it. I just I missed those roots, and I guess I um, it was just time for me to maybe do something different. Yeah, but you kind of have to die that kind of death that it's it's, it's yeah, not really you mourning mourn it. but it's getting behind you and because there has to you have to mourn that to have a rebirth of something new right 
Right. And that's where retire, you know, came in. You know, in a way, I am retiring from that. Yeah. And it provided that language provided me the freedom to potentially take some time, which that part I did fail at because I kept motoring forward. Yeah. You know, another learning I had. Did you want to, though? Did you want to take the time? I said I did. I said I did. Well, another learning is, you know, I, I'm married to someone who on, you know, we talk about these inventories of personality, like he's more structured than me. And I always thought he was the structured one and I'm the spontaneous one. Well, I missed the structure. So if mm. you looked, I was trying to be intentional with my time, but weeks would go by and I had filled it getting up and going to a breakfast with someone, you know, filling, hey, I'll volunteer. I, you know, I flew to Kansas City to help someone with their growth plan. And so it's kind of like your activities where you gravitate sort of reflect who you really are. And to the point about age, you know, I I wanted to make, I I needed to get back into the game. Yeah. Right now. Maybe that will change in the future. But for now, I am, I I am actually, I've been working full time for two weeks and I feel happier. What, can you say where you were? Oh, yeah, working? yeah. I joined a, a venture capital firm called Cincy Tech. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. Oh. Would I have found that on Scoop. your LinkedIn? I did um, not there see was that a nice on your announcement. LinkedIn. There was a nice announcement. They're so generous. I'm so sorry. The business courier to me. Um, and I think it is because I put a stake in the ground to yeah. really want to make a difference in our community, um, building, um, helping to build and ca- cause tech companies and tech talent to thrive here mm-hmm. and um you know i do say a lot of times there there needs to be role models for women in techni- technical leadership for sure but really it's a we need tech talent all types yeah, yeah. <laughs> all genders all, and paycor from different was experience. a tech company absolutely so that's perfect i'm pretty happy so you moved there into the okay what is this role for Cincy Tech. So I'm a managing director leading uh, all the investments that are um, digital in nature, meaning software or um, software as a service, things like that. Okay. I want to dive into this concept of kind of rebranding ourselves a little bit because I feel like you've sort of done that. And I keep hearing that trend with people, men and women, and the age doesn't matter. But if you were to give some advice on how you can sort of rebrand, maybe there's a better term for that. Yeah. What would you say? Well, no, I think branding sometimes gets a bad, bad rap, but it is being deliberate about how you're perceived. And I I have been delivered, deliberate about that. And uh, I sometimes do talks on it. Just recently, I talked to a group of Miami women about their brands because they're trying to be intentional in certain areas. So at, for instance, at Paycor, um, when I would take on new responsibilities sometimes, or even before, that's the hint, mm. I would recognize that I had to show up differently. Yeah. And then, you know, I would say I'm a lifelong learner and I would study how I should show up. So for instance, when I became chief strategy officer yeah. and really had to be good at understanding the market and what our competitors were doing, I started just reading all competitors' blogs. And then every other week, I would summarize key happenings in our industry and distribute it to leadership. Okay. Did you know anything on how to do that job before you got it? Not really. <laughs> so do you know Lisa Knutson? Yes. Okay. Okay. 
you two somewhat remind me of each other because I feel like people give you roles and you're like, yeah, I haven't really done that before, but I'll sort of figure it out. And that's what you... Yeah, did that or, happen or to you, you do, in your career? Or the advice I got um, from the founder of Paycor, who was such an amazing sponsor to me, um, is really to, to lean in and do the job before you have it. And so um, I, I would say that um, growing up through my career, I was very driven and um, maybe could have been characterized a little bit like a bull in a china shop. You know, nothing was going to get between point A and point B. Yeah. Um, and you realize that, gosh, there's a lot of pe- other people to involve in the process. Yeah. And I would say that while I was driving for results, yes, I understood our customers, but I really didn't have their voice in my head. And so another kind of rebrand was really to switch gears and really be um, so knowledgeable about our customers that I was then perceived to be the voice of the customer, which is not how I started. So that would be an example. Uh, so yes, I definitely believe that you can rebrand. And in my case, how fortunate have I been? Many times people have to leave their company in order to start from a clean page. Yeah, but I had I was able to do that um, from from that. But I didn't always I didn't always get it right. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I The journey you mentioned at the top of this about, you know, personal growth has really been about getting more comfortable with being vulnerable. Mm. And I, I actually believe leadership, personal satisfaction, <laughs> relationships are better when you really come to them with your whole person. When is it too much? When is it too much vulnerability? Or is there not? So I, I am an external processor. I can chat up. I can overanalyze. Uh, but I guess I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I would undershare about things that really mattered um, and then, you know, would feel very uncomfortable about, for instance, letting people know about my son's complex medical situation. Yeah. Um, you know, for a while, I just didn't want to appear weak, but also I really just didn't want people to feel bad. You know, like I don't want to transfer burden, but because of that situation, you're absolutely right. People do ask me all the time um, about emotion and oversharing. And I don't mean that kind of vulnerability, but I just don't think if people don't know your whole self, then they're only seeing a piece of you. So I I loved when Brene Brown came out with the whole vulnerability and shame piece because I think that was a game changer for so many people. Yeah. But it also gave us permission. You're right to show up as our whole self. Right. Or to be authentic. Like I love the term authentic. Right. You know? Well, just to play that out. So, you know, one thing that I was filled with shame about is that um, about five years ago, my son's condition got... Um, just exceedingly worse, and he required nursing. It's very difficult to get nursing in the home, and as a people leader, it's a little daunting to realize you also then have to, if you do figure out how to get nursing in your home, you have to manage it. Right, <laughs> and so right. that's a lot of people coming and going and yeah. not showing up. And was your husband working too? Or yeah, was he we were home? both working. So and we go. were lucky to have help in our home, but we couldn't figure out nursing in our home. So we, um, with the help of our nanny, we, and we were very fortunate to have a nanny. Of course. Um, 
which even saying you have a nanny sometimes doesn't make you approachable or <laughs> very vulnerable. <laughs> you know, like that's something to sometimes compartmentalize. Yeah. Like when people ask me, how do you do it all? I'm like, I don't. I have, people help me. I don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can. That's a lie if you think you, if yeah. you're projecting that you can. No. Uh, so there's, there's releasing yeah. me from some v- veneer. But um, so when we, my husband and I made the decision to have my son um enter into residential care, meaning he doesn't live with us. I mean, that was just uh, like we cried ourselves to sleep and really didn't want to share it because it's not what you intend for your family. Right. And it's not understood. Honestly, I I did face some legitimate backlash. Did you really? Well, you're working. Why aren't you home? Is that the right place? Um, you know, questioning of motives. And in the end, it, you know, it took a lot to get comfortable with it. I was, we talked about my mom earlier. Yeah. I have no idea. I had the for, the foresight one time when we went to look at a potential place, even before the health situation got pretty extreme. Uh, I, I told her about it. I remember taking her out for her birthday. And I said, hey, we, we might get on this waiting list just in case. And I said, I'm just so afraid of, again, maybe this is the optics of being a three, but really like judgment on me. Yeah. E- even like I'm a person of faith, even, you know, from my faith standpoint. Yeah. And she said, oh, my gosh, that is, you know, not what you should be thinking about at all because those that's your rules not really you know reality and yeah. i was so glad i had that conversation with her before you lost her yeah yes yes and yeah. you can remember that yeah yeah so where were we so back with that so, that, so yeah so with that you said there See, was I'm getting some more backlash. comfortable with com- emotion. You Here are. I am emoting. That's really good. You are. <laughs> thank you. I you thank are. You. That all, threes also need affirmation. <laughs> there, I'm giving. I totally give. No, but that, that uh, I have never. I have not had a conversation with a parent that has had to go through that, and I can't imagine. And when you said that you guys cried yourself to sleep, that that was that's hard. Well, you know what thing, you know, I would think I, that would be hard on a marriage too. Like, did you both come to terms oh, with man. it at the same time? Uh, we were desperate. Prior to that, we had some crises where he wasn't sleep. You know, our son wasn't sleeping, and some other things. So we we had dealt with that hurdle before. Yeah, this was just he needs help, and we can't provide. We can't it. do it anymore. Yeah, and he had repeat hospitalizations and so forth. But um, it's funny. You know, I do believe now that um struggles where I wouldn't admit that I had struggles. This was certainly a struggle. Yeah, and. And yet, it it really has been used for good in so many ways with different relationships and so forth. But one way in particular is that, uh, so we our son was not living with us. Yeah, and all of a sudden, I start getting communications uh, from the special needs community and uh, disabled community about in the state of Ohio really putting at risk options to care for people with disabilities, which led us to actually testify in the Ohio House of Representatives in defense of choice. Because for, you know, for some families, there is a plan to have nursing in the home. Yeah. 
and for others, that's just not feasible. Right. You know, and I, at that point, had started to know some families where parents aged out of being able to care for an adult with acute disabilities. And so advocating for choice was a way that my husband and I could use our communication skills to really advantage um, others. And we were actually present when um, the governor at the time, uh, Kasich, Mm -hmm. signed um, legislation to stop using the use of the R word in the state of Ohio. So, you know, our struggle really had some payoff. And that's one that's really easy and clear to understand. But there's been many more. That's amazing. So that I bet that was such that was a great thing for you and your husband to do. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And his brother. Yes. Your other son. What is his role in all of it? How how does that I, I have found that siblings who have like who have siblings who are disabled and have the kindest hearts. Well, I don't want to brag, but he's pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to brag. He, he really is. In fact, um, this week is Hope Week at his school. So there, this is so counterintuitive. Talk about challenges and facing challenges. I don't know about you, but you know he's on this Hope Squad, which is, yeah, what a, is that? a volunteer. Well, he gets nominated by his classmates to take part to get training on suicide prevention and mental illness oh. so that he and others on this Hope Squad are safe places for because they're exactly learning what you're talking about. kids are more likely to go to their peers. Yes. So he asks me, he says, "Hey, I got vol- I got nominated for this. This was last year and I want to do it and I'm thinking I don't know, when I was growing up, like you didn't talk about totally. suicide or mental illness and I certainly know what an epidemic this is. Yeah. And I'm thinking, gosh, that's going to put things in people's heads. And and he that's just not the way it is. And so I do think his brother gives him a sensitivity, a maturity, where he actually was a faster track on this concept than I am. And so just this week, as I was saying, starting to say, is Hope Week at the school where they're really promoting all the stuff they've learned and encouraging people in our community. And I'm just so proud of him. Yeah. How old is he? He's 14. He's 14. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I did hear about the hope because somebody that I used to work for, her son was in it too. But I do think that that, um, it's freeing. And he understands, he understands maybe not the, the mental health stuff, but he has the compassion that not everybody gets that compassion. Right. Yeah. And you really have to, um, structure your family because we, you know, there's two two sons, yeah, and uh, two have two children, and you know we've worked really hard to create experiences where he feels um, part of a community or able to be free as far as adventures, yeah, and that's been important to us. I love that. Okay, so for our listeners out there, before you came in for this podcast, you had to have been thinking about a couple things. You're like, oh, maybe I need to talk about this or maybe I need to talk about that. Well, I guess one thing that didn't come up when we were talking is just the idea of when, you know, you're playing from behind mm-hmm. or you think, like I did with my family situation, that I'm in a unique place and other people wouldn't understand or like I said I don't want to burden people. There is a tendency to be self-reliant. Yeah. And 
it kind of goes hand in glove with vulnerability. I have often been in a place where if it's going to be, it's up to me. Ugh. And okay, I feel like you always have quotes. When I first met you the last time, <laughs> you had a quote and I wrote it down in my journal. I still have it. There are probably other people's quotes. Whatever. Nothing is new. Steal okay, shamelessly. I love it. Tell me that quote again. Oh, shoot. What was the last shit? What was it? If it's me, it, um, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Yeah, oh, that's an oldie. Yeah, that's well, an oldie. I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do think that self reliance leads to isolation. Yes. And believe it or not, you know, at the same time I'm rising the ladder of my of the company I worked at and feeling a greater sense of success, I was actually at my most lonely way back then. And it was actually, um, you know, I was fortunate that a couple people, I can think of one woman in particular, was put in my path who just like beamed and head nodded and accepted all facets of my life, all the warts, all yeah. the good, Yeah, really cheered <laughs> in good times and bad and accepted that our family doesn't look like everyone else's and it's absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. And I had many, and you know, once you get comfortable uh, with the kind of showing up yeah, authentically, yeah, and she was that person for me, then I could, I then that built. And I can tell you now, uh, I've really embraced friendship, especially friendships, especially with women. And now I don't count them out because they have risen to the occasion. And I really feel like I have people who are there for me. So for that person who does do the isolating, who who keeps their own secrets, what advice do you give them? I actually went to a training one time when, and I was thinking of giving a talk on this too, where Parents of special needs children actually were taught how to tell their story because sometimes your life is so complex and it could be something else, but you're talking about isolation and you don't even know where to begin that when someone actually starts to listen to you, you don't know when to stop. This is that oversharing that we talked about earlier. Yeah. And so I think practicing who you are and appropriately sharing allows people to plug into you in a way that helps them understand it's overwhelming to people. I think you do have to put yourself in the other person's shoes yeah. in order to get the help you need. And what I heard you say that I haven't really heard from a lot of people was that you didn't want to place the burden on somebody else. Right. Uh and that was unique and different for me to hear, but I think that that's probably a common theme for people. And it's not a burden on the other person. In fact, it's it's the greatest gift, right? Because that other person can help with it, with carrying it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does teach you how to receive once you get good, yeah. once you get flowing in it. Yeah. I mean, you know, my son's in a wheelchair, and I always say, like, I receive all help. Like, open doors for me. And sometimes, like, when I'm not with him, I'm like, nobody open my door. <laughs> 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 but you, you got to practice. <laughs> I got good at that practice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And and just to close with that three, it's the three. So what I like about the Enneagram is that it's mot- our motivations, right? Mm-hmm. And so what is the three's typical motivation or fear? Failure. Three's fear failure. And so if there's any kind of slippage, we're going to hide it. Yeah. 
Um, I think um, I learned from Denny Tato, you mentioned that we like a sandwich of feedback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yes. don't make it too negative. Yeah. Give me something good. Maybe squeeze in where I'm not doing so well or where the failure is. Yeah. And then you better close on a positive. So that um, really, um, I guess, characterizing things in the positive. Okay, I'm going to ask some more selfish questions. These probably pertain more to me and where I am in my life stage. So you can give me a little bit of mentoring right now. So uh, no pressure. No, these will be easy for these are layups for you. So everybody cares what other people think of them, right? And well, no, I don't think everyone does. Okay, I, okay, that that Do you too much. Uh, too much. That's probably a three or maybe women, a lot of women. But I I really just heard a, f- a different friend than I was talking about earlier tell me yeah. that not everyone does. You're right. Not everybody cares. does. And that was like mind blowing to me. And then you realize, no, not everyone is overly concerned with pleasing others or their appearance, what they look like or seem like. And actually just acknowledging that was super freeing to me. I need to acknowledge that. Except that I don't like when someone isn't happy with me or doesn't like me. I have and an as a leader, <laughs> as a leader, you know, you were talking about the bull in the china shop, and I can sometimes be that way too. And with that, or making a decision that someone doesn't like, but as a leader, you have to make a decision. It's really hard when that person is extremely angry at you for it. Does that make sense? And I know it's not about me. I know, logically, I know it's not about me, but the anger is addressed towards me. And it's I've I, had situations like that. What I was saying is kind of wittily or flippantly to make light of a situation that isn't light is that the antidote is really getting older. <laughs> because I do find, you know, I'm getting ready to go on a trip. Yeah. I got to be in a bathing suit with lots of you know, with friends. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. That's yeah. that's something I'm working on now. And then I realize, yeah, but I'm super fun and you know <laughs> Yeah. And smart and interesting. But I have, you know, I have been in situations where I would say what you were saying in a different way. I would say people attributed something to me. It could have been who I used to be, but they're attributing who I am and I'm taking it personally. I've learned I have to really take the power back. And it, it, we don't want to talk about ourselves, but in a way, we kind of have to. And that could be— So igno- how do I take the power back? Well, I learned to appropriately talk about myself like, hey, um, my role now is X. I really don't see myself doing Y, which you're expecting me or giving feedback to me about. Okay. Or— I it could be that um, you acknowledge maybe there is some ter- kernel of truth in what the feedback they're giving you or the anger that's coming at you, and I might I might say, hey, listen, in my past, I I could be so direct, unapproachable, just be a bull in the china shop to get some things done, but I'm aware of that, and so check me on that. If I'm if I'm overly like that, sometimes it's really important because we got to take a hill, we got to get something done. Yeah. So acknowledging that you okay. know about it gives you credibility too. Okay, so the acknowledgement, but also I want to say that I liked the power back that like, hey, the company has put me in this role to make some of these decisions. Of course, I'm taking everybody's feedback, 
They might not be a decision that everybody wants or loves, but let's talk through that versus you hate me for making that decision. So what you just described, and I only have so many tricks, but this has been a trick of mine for the last five years. There's a book called Own the Room. It's recommended by Harvard Business, um, and it talks about having a signature voice. And you just said it. The signature voice is not for Stacy, not for Sarah, but for the company. Like, you know, asking questions about what's in the best interest of the company or the situation or the team or the team. And you could even ask rhetorical questions. You don't have to have all the answers out of the gate, but you really diffuse a weapon. Yes. When you take the power away from the situation, because it isn't about you trying to make your mark. You're you're like, hey, the company's put me in this role. We got to get it done. How do you suggest we get it done? Or what's in the best interest to get this project done? And that book um, really has some good how-to to to help people do that. Okay. Uh, That's perfect. That's really what I needed to hear. And some episodes, I like to get into some things that I need to learn from people. We're in group therapy. I I know. (laughs) And typically, people are like, oh, I really like that you asked that. So, yeah, I know it's a little selfish, but I had to do it. I really appreciate being able to, like, pull some of this stuff out. I'm not comfortable talking about this stuff. So thank you for the opportunity. Well, you're awesome. You did great. We're not ending on that, though. I'm still not done yet. I know. You're probably like, oh, my God, I'm so ready. Now that you've switched roles, you use, I'm guessing when you were at PayCor, you knew who you wanted to be a hero to. You knew who you were serving. Now that you've switched roles and when you were in that kind of retirement phase and figuring out, did you go back to this whole concept of like, who do you want to be a hero to or what's your purpose or anything like that? Did purpose change for you? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm going to have to take that as a takeaway. Okay. I do think, like I was saying before, I I really didn't realize some things about myself. Like I'm overly, I'm I'm more structured than I thought. And one thing I didn't realize is that, and it it could be a purpose, is really I am an advocate for growth, a growth catalyst. Now that could be personally, you know, and I'm 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 really I really gravitate toward building into people, um, especially women, so that they see themselves beyond where they see themselves. Um, But Growing companies and being good at commercialization and activating revenue sources is something that people were naturally tapping me for that I didn't really realize I had an aptitude for. So I do think it goes into – it's why I haven't really pursued starting something on my own. Yeah. I really am a polisher. I'm, I think I'm an improver, Interesting. a scaler of other people's ideas, and a lot of it has to do around growth. So – I guess I would say multiplying impact is really my purpose. You're a multiplier. I take that as a huge compliment. I'm learning that about myself. Well, I want to say thank you because the city needs more growth catalysts for people and for businesses and especially having a woman uh, do that because we need role models. So thank you. Right back at you. In order to keep the show going and growing, we need the help of great advertisers. But we want to make sure these partners are people you actually want to hear from. So we need to learn a little bit more about you. Please go to failforwardpod.com backslash survey and take an anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. Again, that's failforwardpod.com 
backslash survey. I want to thank our sponsor, Corporate Consciousness, and everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Fail Forward Pod. 